Hey there, my name is Dan Pontifract. I'm an author and a leadership strategist. And these are my thoughts on becoming a love-based leader. Time, 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 time after time. Cindy Lauper, one of my favorite songs from the mid-80s when I was a teenager. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Time. It is not a four-letter word. But many leaders treat it like one. And they're S-H-I-T at it, particularly as they work with a team. Let me introduce to you one of the fellas that I interviewed in the lead up to the release of my third book, Open to Think. His name is Dominic Reed. Dominic's based in the UK and he was responsible for the first ever and mightily successful launch of the Invictus Games. If you're unfamiliar with the Invictus Games, it's an idea that was hatched by Prince Harry. And it's an international sporting event for the wounded, ill, and injured active duty and veteran service members from around the world. That first Invictus Games, incidentally, was held in London, England in 2014. And there have been three other Invictus Games events held in Orlando, Toronto, that's Toronto, Ontario, and Sydney, Australia, most recently in October of 2018. So four in total. And Dominic was not only the director of the Invictus Games, he is now the CEO of the Invictus Games Foundation. Such a cool thing. Now, getting to know Dominic, uh, what an interesting chap, I must say. He has done all kinds of things um, in his very storied, illustrious career. He runs other magnificently significant and huge events, such as the 350th anniversary of the Royal Society, the Queen's Golden Jubilee, and every year he's the pageant master of the Lord Mayor's Show, which is the world's largest unrehearsed procession parade, which spans about five kilometers or three and a half miles throughout the old city of London. It's got bands and bicycles and floats and vehicles and horses everywhere, people. And he's been doing this for about 25 years. Now, when you organize events of this magnitude, somewhat quite obviously, you better be pretty organized. And he is. These are events that are flawless. They go off without a hiccup, or so it seems. And here's what I've learned from Dominic. He uses time 
to his advantage, particularly as he's leading others. You see, what he's really figured out is technology is not doing us any favors. His experience in many different careers, actually, has taught him that, you know, face-to-face -face conversations, being present, allowing team members to know that being present is a very critical and important skill is actually part of a better time management plan. He says, you know, when you're face-to-face, -face, you ultimately trust others on the team because you're building up that relationship in a face-to-face -face environment. You've, get, you've got a better sense of collaboration. And it's this process of relationship building that allows people to understand the nuances of time. And unfortunately, with the propensity for everyone to be glued to a device through the email and texting and discussions that are all online, I mean, I'm not against it, nor is Dominic, but it really begs the question, is technology acting as an audit trail for failure and thus putting huge pressure on the time constraints of us because we're adding more onto our plates. Technology affecting our time and in turn, it's detrimentally affecting you know, the relationship between leader and team member and then peers. So technology is, is kind of one thing where, where, where as Dominic says, it tightens up our thinking and not in a good way. But also, it is really important for, you know, a leader to not just understand the nuances and the implications of technology on one's time, but knowing that we're always on and that we're losing sort of this, I guess, incessant necessity to keep up with the always-on Joneses, you know, we, we need as leaders to be able to create space for other people, the team members that we serve, in order for them to be healthy, happy, well, but to do their jobs, quite frankly. Dominic had this great term. He called it, give team members, quote, top cover. And... I mean, Dominic is ex-military, but w what a great term. It's, it's really difficult for leaders these days, I believe, to provide top cover. Top cover being the opportunity to be uh, proactive, empathetic, and looking out for sort of the, the, the burden of time on a team member. And then saying, you know what, I'm going to give you some, another term might be ground cover, top cover. You know, giving you space and coaching so that you see maybe what's going wrong with your own calendar. And maybe then you can do something about it.
He also believes that leaders, both for themselves and with the team that they're serving, have to instill another concept that he calls purposeful procrastination. I love it. Purposeful procrastination. This this notion of being bone idle. So, you know, maybe leaving things on a to-do list or or building in enough buffer so that you know you can be quote bone idle and allow other ideas, other opportunities, other things, you know, to come into your brain that might benefit the end result of whatever it is that you're working on. It's this culture of pausing, which is obviously quite tethered to your calendar and your time. When you have a culture of pausing, you can allow, you know, not only opposable thoughts to coexist, when you have purposeful procrastination and a culture of pausing, you're allowing the team member to say, hey, it's okay to back off and not always be on. To allow time in which other thoughts might meander into one's head. And and sort of the incessant, frenetic, always on, always doing, always executing, ideally could be, you know, somewhat dissipated. So how does one, you know, help a team with time-related problems? Well, there's a few. One is what I call time cushioning. You know, both for yourself and, and equally important for the team you're serving, don't overcommit. Don't load your calendar up with meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and don't burden the team member with way too many meetings and way too many tasks. Good Lord, that's horrific because you're just going to stress everyone out. I see it time and time again. Pun intended. So how do you cushion your time? How do you cushion the time of team members? Well, first of all, think about one of the more easiest things to do. Meetings. Why are they all defaulting to 60 minutes? Make them 45. Why are they always weekly? Make it bi-weekly. Do you have to have that meeting? Then how about, you know, do you allow the, the team member to basically build bookends on their day so that they have no meetings for maybe the first 30, 60 minutes of the day and maybe the last 30 or 60 so that they have time to decompress, to, to think, to allow other ideas to pop in their head, maybe to catch up. That's top cover. Top cover is having the empathy and the wherewithal to look inside the team member's calendar and say, you know what? I I think you're overly stressed and overly busy. I think there's too much going on. I'd like to help you with your calendar. And time cushioning is a way in which to do such a scheme. What about asking the team member if if you might outsource some of their work? Now, it might sound confrontational, it might sound idiotic, but what I'm getting at is, you know, not not replacing the team member and sacking them or firing them or terminating them, but taking out some of the minutia or you know, the the trivial activities. And saying, you know what? We're going to take this off your plate. We're going to go outsource this. Great example comes from the drug company Pfizer. You know, they 
They cultivated a program inside their company which they coined Pfizer Works. And ultimately it allows the employees at Pfizer to, you know, quote, disburden various non-core tasks to external organizations. What's a non-core task? Well, you know, it's a it's a drug company, so you can you can best bet yourself your last bottom dollar that there's going to be a lot of research going on there. So imagine if some of that research could be outsourced and then analyzed and brought back into the organization. You can imagine that there's a lot of report writing at a company like Pfizer. Well, could some of that, even the, the sort of desktop publishing, if you will, the formatting, be outsourced? What about PowerPoint or Keynote or other presentation file creation opportunities? Could they be outsourced? Sure, why not? The company says it, it saves months of time per year based on the Pfizer Works program. And so that's an outsourcing option. The last one I think that I'd like to recommend for leaders is, is to be real. Employ some realism. You know, we are piling on so much work onto our employees that we need to step into their shoes and understand what it feels like to get a lot of this work dumped on them. You know, the amount of hours that are being spent at work is not decreasing, it's increasing. The levels of stress, absenteeism, Uh, mental health issues in the workplace are all on the rise. And yes, we can attribute some of that to other factors, which we might get into another day, whether it be bullyism or gender inequality and so on. But for purposes of today, when a leader's not real with the burden of time that is placed on that employee. When there's no empathy going on, when there's no understanding that they're just, you know, they're maxed out. They are stressed. You're not being real. And this, you'll just get it done attitude. Some organizations actually employ an acronym called JFDIs, just effing do it, (laughs) if you can believe it. I'm not kidding you, JFDIs. That's unreal, that's not realism. You've gotta be able to differentiate for your employees, you know, what is good work versus, you know, busy work, but also you need to differentiate in your head, okay, how much can this team take on? How much do they have on their plate right now? Because the more that you put on the plate, somewhat obviously, if it starts to tip the balance, if you put more food on the plate and they can't eat it fast enough, something's gonna fall. Food's gonna fall off the plate. Everyone's getting gorged and fat and nothing's good. Horrible metaphor, but I hope you get the point. Time is not a four-letter word. Time can be 
an unbelievable asset for a leader if he or she employs it as a strategy in which to help the team think, dream, ideate, but also to get stuff done. When leaders aren't coaching teams and their team members on better use of their calendar, better use of prioritization, better use of how to use those morsels of space, that's, that's not a love-based leader. A love-based leader cares about the team and the employment of each of those minutes and hours of a day. They care about how they're conducting themselves. I'll leave you with this quote. It's mine, actually. Time is a crucial component of leadership. For anything and everything can go wrong based on your inappropriate use of it. Thanks for listening to me, Dan Pontifrac. More about me and what I do for a living at www.danpontifrac.com. That's www.danpontifrac.com.